we wrap up our scouting report on the final <clears throat> playoff participant, the Alabama Crimson Tide. If you want to get the breakdown of Michigan and Washington <clears throat> and um, Texas, you can listen to it <clears throat> by subscribing, liking, and sharing the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and if you want the more detailed breakdowns um, on everything, not only the scouting report on these teams, but everything to do with college football, NFL, LandryFootball.com is where you want to go. It's where you want to be. Uh, <clears throat> check out the holiday savings special, the sale that we've got going on. Folks, it's holiday season. It's uh, post-holiday gifts. Uh, give the gift of football to yourself, to a loved one in your life by subscribing to LandryFootball.com. Check it out today. Again, the holiday savings special is what we've uh, got for you there. So check it out. So, you know, Nick Saban has won six national titles at Alabama, <clears throat> seven total when, with one at, Al, at one at LSU. This may be as good a job as I've seen, having coached with Nick um, and worked with him for a long time. It's probably as good a job as he's done since he's been in Tuscaloosa. Um, you know, three weeks into the season, uh, things were kind of falling apart. That's coaching. People say, well, there's there's talent at Alabama. You can have talent, but if you don't coach it, you don't give it <clears throat> the direction, you've got a problem. People say, well, if he was a really good coach, you'd have figured it out sooner. You can't figure things out sooner. You have to go through the trials of games to really see how a player's going to respond, how a team's going to respond. And it's what they did. Um, it's a phenomenal job. It's what he's done. They were dominated by Texas in the uh, trenches in Tuscaloosa. They beat uh, South Florida. And by the way, it was a 17-3 win. Um, but that's a bad team, and they looked bad doing it. But boy, did they gradually get better and better and better. Look at how far this team has come from that first month of the season. Um, they didn't look like an Alabama team. They were playing guys who weren't ready. They had no identity on offense. No one scared you. Uh, then you get, then you win the SEC, and you get into the college playoff. <clears throat> Think about that. Pretty impressive. Let's take a look at maybe the key figure in all of this is the quarterback, Jalen Miro. They were railing after the USF game. Jalen Milrow, who opened the season as a starting quarterback, was benched after the loss to Texas in favor of Tyler Buckner. Buckner was then benched for Ty Simpson. Neither did much with the opportunity. So the Monday after beating USF, Saban announced Milrow earned the opportunity to get the starting job back with his leadership being the key reason. <clears throat> Fans don't understand. They think, because they only exposed in the media is the same way, only exposed to the results of the game and what happened in the game. What they don't realize is it's how you play in games <coughs> is directly correlated to how you practice, how you prepare, how you lead, how you study. Jalen Miro was clearly the leader. Uh, I think the team responded. I think the team felt like that Jalen was getting targeted as the problem. <clears throat> I think they all stepped up and took ownership at that point and said, you know, 
he's none of us are doing a really good job. And and listen, I thought it had tremendous impact. Saban and Tommy Reese had an experienced inexperienced quarterback <coughs> began to flourish. The offensive line, which had been relying on true freshman at left tackle, Caden Proctor, had come together after looking overwhelmed early in the year. The O-line dominated Georgia's defense. That was the biggest surprise, is how they dominated Georgia's defense. And Milrow uh, outshined Jaden Daniels <clears throat> against LSU. And Jaden Daniels played great. They've done a really good job of taking what Milrow does best and allowing him to do that and manufacture everything else around him. They didn't get kicking until probably the sixth game. That's around when they changed what they were doing. They're taking more vertical shots. And the intermediate stuff is coming when they're moving Milrow out of the pocket and using the boot game. With him, uh, it's a look at one and then two and then takes off. And that's when he's really scary. It's not the design runs. It's the passes that become runs where he's really been a problem to defend. Miro threw two interceptions against Texas, which is one more than he's thrown since November began. And he's had a um, touchdown to interception ratio of 10 to 1 in the past five games. The threat of his wheels, as evidenced by his 155 yards and four touchdowns on the ground in the LSU game, has defenses on their heels. They found their niche as the year's gone on. Tommy Reese has done a good job of formationing people, and he's taken away half of the reads for Milrow. Half field reads basically eliminates this out of the field, but it, it simplifies things, and it compresses the reads that he has to make. So it's a one-two read or go. I think the kid is he's the fastest guy on the team, one of them. The kids love him. He's more of a thrower than a passer but he throws it very well. And the other big thing, Eric Wolfer doesn't get enough credit for the job he's done developing that offensive line. Miro's going to be a big problem for Michigan. There's nobody in the Big Ten like him. He's going to be the best athlete on the field because he can run over your DBs and your linebackers can't catch it. I think Michigan's going to struggle to tackle Miro. He's very dangerous. Um, and again, it, it, you don't worry about the quarterback design runs. That's, that's not really what they do. It's the, 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 the opportunity to go through one read, the second read very quickly and then run. It's the passes that become runs out of the problem. <clears throat> so I don't think he can stand in a pocket and beat you. I mean, he hasn't done, he hadn't beat anybody that way. But that's not what he's doing. That's not what they're asking him to do. He's a 50 to 60% passer in the pocket at best if he has to read through a progression. <clears throat> but because you have to be really worried about his running ability, it puts a lot of attention and a lot of focus on that, and it creates spacing and coverage which makes it a little bit easier to throw the football. So the timing doesn't have to be there. You can throw it when the guy gets open instead of having to anticipate. 
completely different style passing offense. And it works for them <clears throat> because of the overlying threat to run by Milrow. Whether the Michigan defense can hold up in the trenches against a massive and massively improved tight offensive line is another question. Let's take a look at this offensive line. Alabama surrendered 43 sacks this season, second most in the SEC, and almost double what is allowed in 13 games last year. Texas sacked Milrow five times in week two, notched nine tackles for losses. USF sacked Alabama five more times the next week. Milrow was sacked 23 times in the following five games. In the last five games, only allowed eight sacks. <clears throat> what they were up front at the time, that was as bad as they've been in a couple of years. No player seemed to have come further than Proctor has. The former five-star recruit, he allowed multiple sacks in four games, surrendered 11 sacks this season. He looked lost against Texas and South Florida. Not an elite mover. He's um, an Orlando Brown type offensive lineman. Uh, he went through the growing pains, but he's responded at, and if the stage hasn't been too big for him as he's grown through it, the offensive line's clicking at the right time. Against Georgia in the SEC championship game, Proctor had the highest graded performance of the season. So did right tackle J.C. Latham, who's credited with four knockdown blocks. Latham is such a big athlete. He's their most complete one. Those two guys to play their best game against the best team on your schedule all year is saying a lot. Sophomore right guard Jaden Roberts had his best game against Georgia. He had six knocks down blocks. That guy was a beast in the title game. He's physical. They mauled Georgia. They're huge up front. They played with a different level chip on their shoulder in the title game. And look, <clears throat> The center, South McLaughlin, is a limited athletically. But what you got to do is make sure that he's not isolated one-on-one. -on -one. Um, he's solid. He's not a major problem, but he's certainly the weak link there. But you make sure that he's not isolated and it helps you overcome that. Let's take a look at the offense. In a rare turn this season, Alabama – lacks a true star at running back. They lack a true star at receiver. That's the one part of the offense that's not as elite as the rest. But Miro helps open things up for them. And while they're not superstar types that Alabama normally has at those spots, they're not slouches either. Jason McClellan is their best back. They don't have a lot of shifty guys, but they run hard. They get downhill. McClellan's a senior. Um, he missed the Georgia game with a foot injury. Uh, <clears throat> I, I think he's going to play in the Rose Bowl. Don't know. Senior Rodell Williams has played a lot in his career. The sophomore Jam Miller has shown playmaking ability as a receiver. I think their backs are better than they get credit for and better than people think. M McClellan is a vision and balanced downhill guy. They're not special, but they're good. Similar story with the receivers. Georgia transfer Jermaine Burton is the top big play guy outside. Um, Bond has had a breakthrough season. Milrow looks to Burton. That's who he has the most confidence in. He's a good route runner, so he's more often not going to be taken off of his route than the other receivers that they have. And that's why um, Milrow looks to him more. 
Uh, I mean, he's a pretty good receiver. And Vaughn is starting to come along. And I think their tight end, Nye Black, is pretty good. So they don't have the juice, but they're really solid. And the quarterback gives them the juice that they're lacking at the other spots. On the defensive side, um, if you look at, and, and I don't, I think the statistics in total defense and run defense nationally is way overrated because it's relative to who you play. But I think it it does merit some things. And so I, I, I will bring out the fact that they're 18th in the country in total defense. They're number 31 in run defense. In the sixth season, as Saban has won a national title, his run defenses have ranked 2 one 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 and number 17. Number 17 was the pandemic season in 20. They don't have the same physicality on the defensive front as they used to, but they're still really good. Uh, but you don't look at them on tape and you say, oh, my God, how are we going to block this guy? <clears throat> but they're really physical, and they really play well together, and they're very well coached. The Tides defense, particularly in its first two levels, hasn't been as consistent as past defenses. The defense gave up 478 yards to LSU. Everybody did, I know, which averaged 8.24 yards per play. And they got shredded against Auburn. 244 rushing yards, different type of running game, different insertion in the run game, but it caused Alabama some problems. Uh, it had a dominant performance against Georgia. Held Georgia to 78 rushing yards, 99 below their season average, by the way. So they're probably not as good as up front on defense as they have been. They're definitely not as good at linebacker. But this is as talented as they have been in recent years or better in the secondary. Um, Dallas Turner on the edge is the best um, pressure guy, creates more tackles for losses, sacks, quarterback hurries. He's the most feared. He's an elite talent. Chris Braswell is very freakishly athletic at 256. Um, there's no Quentin Williams here. Uh, Justin Igabugi is the best big guy. They ask him to take two guys and let the other guys roll. He's very solid. <clears throat> the secondary is where they kind of make up for it. They have two of the top corners in college football. Um, Kool-Aid McKintry is big. He's talented. Um, He's very handsy. He's a big pass interference guy. Um, but boy, but he's he twitchy and big and athletic. <clears throat> Terry and Arnold is the best corner that, that they have. Um, and his athleticism is what separates him. They, they get right in your grill, and they're just outstanding. Freshman safety Caleb Downs, a five-star recruit, has also played well. Uh, lots of tackles. Um, I mean, by far, a lot of more tackles. Um, he's unbelievable. He's going to be a great one for them. He's one of the best safeties I've seen in, a, in quite some time coming out of high school. And, boy, has he really been an early star. The secondary is playing at such a high level 
I don't know that Michigan can match up and beat them. I don't think Michigan can win. They don't have guys that can get open against this secondary. That's going to allow Alabama to do whatever they want and commit whatever they want against the run. I don't know how Michigan's going to score. You have to get open against Alabama, and, and who's getting open for them? Georgia couldn't get open. How's Michigan going to get open? Now, you know, you got a lot of time. You can scheme things up a little bit. It's really not Michigan's game. Michigan's about we're going we're gonna to get out, we're going to go put the pads on, and we're going to out-tough them. Just don't think that's going to happen. I think the best hope for Michigan is if it can sustain a running game. Auburn gave Alabama problems by mixing it up. Um, but Auburn's got a different rushing attack than Michigan. Um, now, the thing that helped Auburn get have success in the run game is Auburn would change the picture right before they snapped the ball. That made the, basically a lot of movement, and it caused the linebackers to be hesitant and the, Alabama's linebackers can't get over the top. So when you create some pre-snap problems and adjustments offensively, that's when Alabama can get out get out of position, and that's what Auburn did. Auburn's gap scheme is what made that successful, and they executed it well. Alabama doesn't do that well. That's not what Michigan does. Now, Texas gave Alabama some headaches with a lot of cluster sets and short motions that forced the tide, you know, to make checks and to try to set up double teams because Michigan's a big movement team. Um, no, one coach said that it might, you know, um, present some challenges for Alabama. They're going to have to do a good job pre-snap. If you can't get Alabama misaligned at the snap, it's going to be tough to run the football. Um, Michigan's got to live on third and short. They got to stay on schedule. If they can do that, they'll have a shot. God help them if they get in third and long. And if you get into uh, the third down packages that Alabama runs so effectively, you're going to have a hard time. Alabama's third down defense and how they play it schematically is going to be too much for Michigan. Michigan cannot live in third and long. If they do, uh, they'll get blown out in the game. If they can stay in third and short and they can do a good job pre-snap getting Alabama misaligned, they can have some success running the football. Is it going to be enough? Not sure that I'm ready to go there. I just think that Alabama has some edges. It, being able to tackle Milro is something that I know is going to be very difficult. Um, getting the running game going is going to be key. And I, I, I think that Defending the overall Alabama run um, and even defending the passing game is something that's doable for Michigan. But tackling Milrow and then offensively running the football or getting open against Alabama secondary are things that I just I can't see Michigan doing enough, sustaining it enough to beat Alabama. Um, but. That's a look at the Tide. Uh, again, if you want more detailed breakdowns on Alabama, on Michigan, on Washington, on Texas, um, you can head on over to LandryFootball.com and get the biggest, most detailed breakdowns um, 
over at LandryFootball.com and take advantage of the holiday savings sale to come on board. We think you're going to love it. If you like football, you're going to love LandryFootball.com. And we cover everything from the college game to the pro game. We got you covered at LandryFootball.com. Um, if it's players, teams, coaches, schemes, we get it to you from a playing, coaching, scouting, and front office perspective. LandryFootball.com. If you like football, you're going to love LandryFootball.com. Also, a reminder to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate you joining us. Talk to you again next time, everybody, and happy holidays.